Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hello, all you beautiful people. The Daily Tech News Show is brought to you by you. You can find out more at that dailytechnewsshow.com. And we thank you for your support. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, May 31st, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And celebrating the last day of May from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From the shores of Lake Merritt, I'm Justin Robert. Oh, I like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. Shores of Gitchigumi, Lake Merritt. Uh, producer Roger Chang has a working internet connection and is back with us today. Roger, Great. welcome. Yay, it is working and I'm very grateful. I'm sure, yeah. If only you knew why it was out for five and a half hours. I, you know, they say they were working diligently to restore service, but they didn't explain what they were trying to fix. Yeah. Why it needed restoring in the first place? Who knows? Uh, We are going to go over Mary Meeker's report, some of the highlights that we have found in there. But let's start with a few tech things you should know. Xiaomi announced the Mi 8 flagship phone with a 6.21 OLED screen, a notch, and a 20-megapixel selfie camera. Xiaomi claims it's the first phone to use dual-frequency GPS for greater accuracy. There's another addition called the Explorer Edition, has 3D facial recognition and a pressure-sensitive fingerprint sensor in the screen. The Mi 8 is available June 5th for 2,699 won. That's about 421 US dollars. The Explorer Edition is $577. No date on that one yet. And then the Budget SE is $200. $81 coming June 8th. None of them are without Bezel. Mm, sources tell Bloomberg that Google will update the Pixel phone in October. The new Pixel XL will supposedly have a near edge-to-edge screen with a thicker bezel at the bottom of the phone and a notch at the top. We're notching all of them today. However, <laughs> the other bezel and notch wars news, uh, Lenovo will announce that its Z5 phone June 5th, or will announce its Z5 phone June 5th which is expected to have no bezel and no notch. Breaking up, combo breaker. Vivo's <laughs> crazy all-screen phone and the pop-up camera we saw at CES is expected to be announced a week later. Begun. These bezel wars have. Let he who is without bezel cast <laughs> the first announcement. 
out the first notch. <laughs> Get rid of the first notch. Hey, uh, thanks to Reed who sent this one to us. A German regional court ruled it would not issue an injunction against a German domain name registrar called EPAG. It's actually owned by two cows. EPAG informed ICANN earlier this week that it would stop collecting information from registrants as it believes that violates Europe's GDPR. In a statement, ICANN's general counsel and secretary said ICANN is continuing to discuss with the European Commission and the WP29 Working Group about whether ICANN can continue to require data collection for domain name registrations. Everybody's confused. All right, guys, prepare to have your minds blown. Researchers at Newcastle University have 3D printed a biocompatible corneal framework that keeps stem cells from a cornea alive while producing a material stiff enough to hold its shape while being squeezed out of a nozzle of a 3D printer. So for context, 10 million people worldwide require corneal surgery to prevent blindness and a variety of diseases. The researchers' corneas, which are provided by donors, take about 10 minutes to print, and then the gel can keep stem cells alive for multiple days, meaning... They can print multiple times from one batch from one cornea. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Printing out those corneal frameworks. Yeah. Like a boss. (laughs) All right. Let's talk a little more about app problems and Telegram. Sure. Messaging app Telegram CEO Pavel Durov said that ever since Russian authorities ruled that the app was illegal in Russia, the company has been unable to release an update to the app store in any region since March. Durov tweeted, unfortunately, some Telegram features such as stickers don't work correctly under iOS 11.4 that was just released, even though we fixed that issue weeks ago. Russia asked Apple to ban Telegram after the app's developers refused to hand over encryption keys to the Russian government. Telegram says it has also been unable to release a GDPR compliance update. GDPR raises its ugly head again. Uh, You know, the conspiracy theory here is that Apple is under pressure from Russia and is blocking Telegram from updates worldwide. I don't think that's the case, but I, I have not been able to put my finger on what I think is happening with Apple here, because Telegram for Android outside of Russia is fine. I don't understand. And and this is the problem with the Apple App Store. When they block something, it's very difficult to find out why sometimes. Yeah, there was the the Valve app um, that Steam said Apple's, you know, there was some business, you know, discrepancy, whatever, that Apple had come uh, forth uh, 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 Finally, the in-app in, purchase in. thing where they were yeah. Steam thought it didn't count as an in-app purchase because it was from the game company, not Steam. But then right. Apple said, no, it still matters. We still want our cut. Uh, but yeah. that was a You know, that was a big story as well. And Apple eventually was like, OK, here's a little bit more context. Apple has not commented, at least not publicly about this. So we don't know for sure that there's not something else going on within Telegram's code that is a violation of anything. But it would seem odd on the surface if uh, the Russian government said, okay, Telegram's out of here, that it would be, uh, you know, banned worldwide. But And it's, yeah. it's not hard for Apple to, to block things in a particular country. They've done it before. So it's not yeah. that. Uh, the USB Implementers Forum announced a finalized USB human interface device standard for Braille displays. The aim is to make it easier to use Braille displays across different operating systems and devices without needing unique software and drivers. In other words, just like keyboards and mice and displays, if it's USB, you should be able to plug any Braille display into any device, Windows, Mac, Linux, whatever, and it should work. 
I love this. Yeah. I I feel like we have, you know, and, you know, hopefully the trend continues. We've talked a lot about accessibility options that a lot of companies have put uh, investments into and, you know, created new products out of. And I know some of that is, is you know, perhaps a, you know, a goodwill measure, but there are, you know, it's a huge community of people that are underserved and anything I hear about this just gives me warm fuzzies. A lot of times accessibility standards lag behind. So it's nice to see one finally making it through the standardization process to finalization. Google released a new app called Neighborly. Neighborly spelled the way Tom Merritt would like. It's a QA social app in India aimed at building neighborhood communities within cities. The Next Billion team, that's at Google, behind building emerging market apps, have made lots of other apps in the past, data-friendly versions of YouTube, the Tez mobile app, uh, which is a payment system, a food delivery service, a national Wi-Fi network initiative. Neighborly now says... The idea is to support the changes in the dynamic of local communities in India, of which there are many, uh, and make it harder uh, and make it easier to share information due to trends like urban migration that have disrupted the way that things have have worked in the past. Yeah, Do you think I mean, it's going to be the same as Nextdoor. That was my first thought, too. It's like it's just going to turn into a whole lot of bickering. Well, Q&A, right? And that's always the trick is to stop the bad behavior. Well, yeah. and, and Does anyone know whose dog that is? I think I would love to have anybody who's you know in the subcontinent to give us some feedback if you know they you know check it yeah, out. Yeah, we know have we have ideas. some Indian listeners, so I, yeah, you know exactly. what is what is the particular niche that this fills? Because we know uh, I, I I know from reading that that community management and community spirit is something that. Uh, Prime Minister Modi has has been trying to solve, and 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 lots mm-hmm. of people have been discussing. It's a it's a big issue there. So Google weighing into this could be seen as like, oh, this is a great thing. Give us a tool, or it could be seen as, yeah, a great PR move, but not something that seems like it's going to actually solve the problem. Who knows? Well, and I mean, India is one of the countries where we've seen a lot of mobile growth that just leapfrogged desktop growth, and it, it is. There is a different way of, of 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 using the internet that those who have access have. At the same time, questions and answers are what the internet is for. So if you can pack that into a specific app that people like, it makes a lot of sense. And Google certainly wants to build that market share in India, just like everybody else in that space. Canon stopped making new film cameras to focus solely on digital cameras eight years ago. And now the company says it is ending sales of the last Film SLR iOS 1V. Canon said it will continue to repair the camera until 2025. Lenses for the camera are also still compatible with modern digital cameras and vice versa. But no more film. Yeah, they stopped making the EOS 1V years ago, but they they kept selling them out of stock. They had, they had some, and so uh, this yeah. is really just like we're running out. We we don't have any more left. We're, we're, there, there isn't going to be another one. <laughs> Y'all are buying the last ones, so that's it. Um, hey, end of an era story, right? Yeah, I mean, there are also other there are other companies making film cameras. Sure, it's not like, it, but 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 Canon yeah, obviously exactly. is yeah, a real legacy brand. And when I read the story this morning, I was like, oh man. But then I thought, but would I? want to buy a film camera i mean you know besides the nostalgia part of it i think the the interest has waned enough that canon's like we're done yeah I, now they're shutting it down because i kind of feel like this is 
the new legacy tech thing that's going to be hot. Everybody I know that makes money. It's the new vinyl. Gets into photography. Buy, buy a camera now. Buy one of them now and then hoard the film. Ah. It will be gold in about five to eight years. I'm saying this is the vinyl. This is the vinyl of photography. And I will guarantee you that somebody will, you will see some Kickstarter in the next two years that is selling a film camera that hopes to replicate and go forward with this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm almost surprised that we have not seen this legacy tech trend take off. Well, this is the name. This is what happens, right? The vinyl factory that closes, right? Oh, this record label is no longer issuing on vinyl. That, that happened late nineties, early two thousands. Right. So, so now the table is set. We we had pinhole camera resurgent like eight years ago. People are like super into pinhole cameras and it's, it's just going to take a while before the people go to tin type. I mean, no one ever stopped making pinhole cameras though. Yeah. But the, it was a thing. It was a thing. And like tintype is kind of a thing right now. Even the look. Of is tintype. it? Tintype is? Wow. Yeah. That's good. I didn't know and that. So it just needs to go up. Eventually you'll get to the 70s where you have Kodachrome and all the all the fun stuff. And it'll come back around. I just hope I'm still alive to do the story that Apple stopped making new iPhones. <laughs> because right. everyone's focusing on the new Apple. Can you hear me? All right. Uh, Google launched its FilesGo app in Tencent, Xiaomi, Huawei, and Baidu's app stores in China. That's right. Google submitting an app to non-Android Android stores in China. FilesGo helps users stay within storage limits, suggest files to delete. It can also share files locally without using the internet. Uh, they, they made it for India, but it's been a hit worldwide, even in the U.S. It's not the first app that Google has launched in China. Google Translate launched in China earlier this year. AR Core launched in China earlier this week. But it is seemed to be indicative of Google's tentative steps back into China. Remember, search is banned there. Google's version of Android is banned there because Google doesn't want to comply with certain Chinese requirements. And Chinese the country, China is the country with the most app downloads and highest app revenue per year. It is the largest single market for smartphones as well. And Google recently, we talked about it on DTNS, opened an AI lab in Beijing. So we are seeing the slow motion return of Google to China, which we're going to talk about Mary Meeker's report. We're not going to talk about the China portion particularly, but she identified China as the new Internet hub. Eleven of the top 20 Internet companies now, I'm sorry, nine of the top 20 Internet companies are now from China. 20 years ago, that was two. So they they are on the rise. Well, and and. Google's flirtation and uh, uh, breakup with China is fascinating. Uh, I think that it was uh, the, the in the Plex book that talked about not only were there kind of strong headed of, of disagreements between the leadership of Google and China, but also there was a culture clash as China or as Google tried to move into the country. There was just business culture that they were not used to dealing with that uh, uh, became a, a larger problem, not only for complying with government regulation, but also just acquiring talent. Uh, I would assume that, like anything else, where bureaucracy is involved, the longer you spend, the more things tend to wind up working out for you as long as you are you're just learning the way that you play the game. And and usage of video is, is skyrocketing. Meeker talked about that. Uh, the top short-form video creators in the world are in China. Uh, Chinese companies dominate the Chinese market. 
they don't necessarily work outside of China and vice versa. So it's anybody's guess how that's going to go. Although Alibaba, and, and the, again, I'm pulling this from the Mika report, Alibaba is skyrocketing its international sales as it tentatively moves outside of its domestic market. So we could be seeing a situation where Chinese companies dominate China and then start trying to compete on the world stage, probably not in US and Europe, but in these other arenas that are sort of open for anybody to win right now, like India, uh, East Africa, South Africa, uh, Latin America, etc. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines at dailytechheadlines.com. Let's talk about the rest of Mary Meeker's report. Uh, we're going to talk about internet usage a little bit uh, and then move into the part about e-commerce. There's a lot more. Uh, we kind of gave you the summary yesterday, but these are the parts we found most in interesting. Uh, Mary Meeker's Internet Trends Report, if you don't know, over the decades have proved to be the definitive statement on where we are. Uh, I use it as sort of a compass bearing to say, I think things are headed in this direction. What does Meeker say? Does she agree? If she doesn't agree, why? What's her stats? They're very good. They're very in-depth. It's 249 slides long. Uh, and one of the major passages in this year's was about internet usage. Usage has passed half the world's population at 3.6 billion of the internet, usage of the internet. Though growth is slowing, right? As penetration hits 50%, I think it's at 49%, but roughly 50%, uh, you start to slow down. You're starting to see the internet mature. But usage of the internet is growing, and 
it's causing what I call the devil's triangle. Meeker was very a little nicer about this of companies making low price services on the backs of user data, users increasing their usage. Forget what people say on Twitter and Reddit and the message boards. The usage is skyrocketing because people see value in this stuff. And regulators are responding to the things on Twitter and Reddit and the message boards uh, by trying to ensure that data is not used improperly. Uh, the more data they collect, the higher the customer satisfaction, but the more risk they run of having the regulators get upset at them. Amazon is the poster child of this. Uh, they have very high customer satisfaction and very high customer data collection, uh, although they run the risk of regulators less not not zero, but less because they don't collect it on the wider internet. They collect it mostly on their own site. 70% of users are willing to share data if the benefit is clear, according to Meeker. And then Pew had a study today showing that 45% of teens say they are online constantly, up from 24% three years ago. 11% say they are on less than several times a day. That's down from 20% three years ago. So usage is growing overall, but Pew pointing out that it's really growing in the teen market 95 percent of teens have access to a smartphone uh and and on headlines uh sarah mentioned that 85 percent use it to watch youtube 72 percent use instagram 69 percent snapchat 51 percent facebook 32 percent twitter the 51 percent facebook number also is down i believe the last uh comparison that i read from this morning was in 2015 that was in the 70s. Yeah. So the trend of, of of kids or teens, rather, using Facebook is definitely declining. I was surprised that Snapchat's number was as high as it was. I kind of, I don't know. I thought I was that was surprised a little bit more of a passing fad. I was surprised that Reddit was as low as it was. It kind of implies that Reddit is for old people. It's, well, it's, it's for the highbrows among us, Tom. It's for the old. So is Twitter. We'll be making SpongeBob memes to the grave. <laughs> now, uh, what about how they're using this, Sarah? Uh, well, so there is an interesting stat about smartphone unit shipment growth. We talked about the fact that lots more people than ever in the entire world are online. We're, you know, we're over halfway now, but new smartphone unit shipment growth has completely stalled. In fact, it's up 0% since Beaker's last study. So we're, we're, we're hitting a saturation point. Now, we, when you break down hours spent with digital media, you know, devices, internet, desktop, mobile, all of that stuff, adult users are up from 5.6, these are hours per day, to 5.9. Now, if you break down those numbers, 3.3 are mobile, 2.1 are desktop, and 0.6 are other Tom, do you have an idea of what oh, other would be? Oh, other is uh, Internet of Things. It's your Roku box. It's your Amazon Echo and your Google Home. Interesting that you mentioned that because Amazon Echo install base, wow, did it really see a jump? 22 million from Q3 of 2017 up to 30 million in Q4 of 2017. So that's a 10 million rise in a single month. Skills, which of course are, you know, what developers add to the Amazon uh, uh, database, 20K from 2017 up to 30K in 2018. So again, skills are on the rise. Those smart speakers are getting smarter. And we also mentioned last week, uh, Canalys reported that smart speakers are the fastest growing consumer tech segment, but that the Google Home beat the Amazon Echo in shipments for the first time ever in the first quarter of 2018. Now, we had some folks 
respond to us. In fact, we read one of the emails saying, well, you know, shipments versus sales. Google might, you know, be fudging their numbers a little bit, but just goes to show you overall, very high trend. Yeah. I think that non-mobile uh, sector is going to skyrocket because we see people buying these devices. We yeah. see people using more of these devices. I think mixed reality headsets may start to to get some uptake. And so this is what I like to do with Meeker's report is look at it and go, where is it pointing to? And 0.6 hours per day other, that number is going to be bigger next time Mary Meeker does this report. Uh, no, I, I, absolutely. Uh, obviously, these uh, the, the voice-only internet is not only here. Uh, I, I think that we are going to see it expand. And and to me, the the platform now where you could see something mobile that was you know just maybe an earpiece or 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 to build in more functionality in stuff like you know AirPods or competing products where you can access all this information that you put into your in-home device. I, I totally agree. A couple other things that she talked about e-commerce. Uh, she noted that it's evolving from buying to subscribing because retailers are starting to say, we value the lifetime customer value more than just acquisition. Acquisition cost is getting higher. It's harder to get somebody to use your product, but once you get them, you want to keep them. Uh, and that's why we're seeing Stitch Fix, Netflix, all these different subscription methods on the rise because they make it convenient. It takes takes the pressure off you. Like, I don't have to have a choice. I get these great things and, and I get a curated choice. I get to decide in my Stitch Fix box which skirt I'm going to keep, which purse I'm going to keep, and I send the rest back. Yeah. Uh, I get to decide on Netflix what I want to watch out of the recommendations, but I don't have to pick it out of a blind box. I, I don't know if podcast listeners are going to be very uh, knowledgeable about this rising trend in subscription services. No, yeah. it's a, <laughs> I already can hear the people groaning like, I, I want fewer subscriptions. This is a problem. Well, uh, and, and I think, um, uh, you know, at least uh, a trend that I've seen is folks that use Amazon Prime, obviously a very, very popular subscription service. Price went up, at least for those of us in the U.S. Uh, recently. But the perks also continue to rise. So a company saying, all right, we want to continue to make more money off of this growing user base, but make sure that they're still feeling like they've got this value, you know, and these access to sales. It's a really successful way to do business. I mean, that's I don't hear a lot of people complaining. Yeah. A couple of other things I really want to at least throw out here, even if we don't have time to discuss them a lot today. Maybe we'll get some good emails, spark some good emails. Uh, I found this fascinating relative household spend is changing our percentage spent on shelter pensions and insurance and healthcare is rising the percentage of what we spend is going up we're spending more of what we spend on shelter insurance and healthcare while the percentage spent on food entertainment and clothing is falling hmm. like it doesn't mean we're spending less on those things it means it's as a percentage of what we spend that's becoming a smaller percentage and meeker says part of that is because of the efficiency of delivering clothing and entertainment and even food online causes price pressures to keep the price down she also talks about how tech adoption and disruption is happening faster but it doesn't necessarily mean doom and gloom the dishwasher took 80 years to reach 25 percent adoption the internet and the mobile phone took less than 10 years to reach 25% adoption. But if you look back, 
jobs are usually replaced, not lost. So aircraft jobs replaced locomotive jobs, service jobs replaced agricultural jobs. And she feels like maybe this could be the exception this time around, but history indicates it probably won't be. Uh, Freelance work is getting easier to find. Unemployment has cycled with stability since the 1930s. It hasn't spiked while GDP has been rising. So there's some positive news in there as well. Thank goodness for that. Thank you, Mary Meeker. Uh, and thank you all who participate in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We think you're eternally young at the subreddit. Uh, and, of course, if you're in the 51% of the teens, you can join us at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. We got a voicemail in the mailbag, huh? We did. We get mailbag is is it's voice. It's a text. If you want to send us a, a photo, that's all good. But today, Big Jim called in about our e-waste conversation from yesterday's show. Hey, DTNS crew. It is Big Jim live on the road heading northbound on I-75 after a hard day of work. I just wanted to call in real quick with a two-cent opinion on e-waste. Now, yesterday, uh, China said that they are not going to accept e-waste, and uh, Thailand has said that they are going to try and stop illegal smuggling of e-waste. My thought is, what can I compare that to? It needs to be recycled. It's a volatile substance. What can you do? The first thought that went through my head is shipbreaking. Now, shipbreaking is basically where you take an ocean vessel, you beach it, which means you ram it onto the shore, and then you break it down. There's a lot of vile chemicals, and there's a lot of recycling that has to go on with regard to that. And the three largest countries that are primarily doing shipbreaking now are India, Bangladesh, and Pakistan. So I see an increase in those countries of possibly doing this e-waste, as it probably is going to become quite a big market. But that's just my two cents. For Tech and Trade and DTNS, I'm Big Jim. That is real. I had no. I this is why I love I the big calls in. Right, ship breaking is something I was just not aware happened. But it does sound like a perfect analog for e waste. And now, real dumb question, but is it because the ship is sort of like the Canon digital camera, and it's time for the ship to go out to pasture, and whatever's on it at that point just gets broken down with it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I assume it's like when your car reaches the end of its life and it's just not worth fixing anymore. There are ships right. that just Gotta hit go that somewhere. point. There's yeah. no wrecking yard for ships in the way that we have. I think, it, I think, I think that's what Big Jim is describing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, yeah. And, you know, it's they're very expensive to uh, break down. So you go where labor's the cheapest. Totally, totally. Well, thanks, Big Jim. Always nice to get a voicemail and hear some of your voices. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us today and pretty much every Thursday and sometimes Mondays as well. What's been going on since you were here last? Well, I think one of the things that went on with Justin Robert Young is his internet died. Uh, oh, because- that. Okay, so let's make up a story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, for one clown. thing, uh, he's got a live night attack coming up in Los Angeles that I'm going to be a part of. So folks, uh, get get. Uh, involved now. Go to uh, Justin Robert Young. Go to nightattack.tv. I will be there in Santa Monica Sunday, June 10th for Night Attack LA at 8 p.m. That's uh, nightattack.tv if you want to go and and watch that show and find out more about that. I will just say for the record that when Justin told us about this the first time, and I think it was in one of our post shows last week, he was like, Roger and Sarah, you're invited. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, Tom is actually on the show cool all right i'll be there all right please do please come please don't be mad makes the dream work of course (laughs) uh hey uh also thanks to everyone who supports the show at patreon.com slash dtns uh you guys are the best and you always help us get 
to our goal of at least one more patron than the month before. This is the last day to do it. So everybody into the pool, if you've been hanging on saying, yeah, I need to get around to do that, we have right now three more patrons than we did last month. And we'd like to make that number as big as possible. So please, 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 please. Uh, I know I said last month that I would let a spider crawl on my arm and I just disorganized enough and was gone for two weeks and I didn't let that happen. I still intend to make that happen or something like it. But what you really get is this show gets better the the more you believe in it and the more people support it. So please head to patreon.com slash DTNS. Also, just want to remind everybody, we've got new hats. Wore one the other day and I'm wearing it again. Can be fit to your head. They're lovely. Keeps the sun out. Come on, keeps you young. Also, if you want to give us feedback, uh, please do. Email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Rob DeMillo and Len Peralta. The last word goes to you, Justin Robert Young. Nightattack.tv slash George. Tom's going to be on our live show in L.A. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.